0: Hello, my name is Ramona McKee with quick What's
1: up? It's Jeremy Picker from Amber Creative.
0: And you are listening
1: to the Two Regular Guys podcast. Hosted by Terry Combs RG, regular
2: guy from Aaron Montgomery.
3: The place to be for industry news. The best dad jokes on earth. Along with relevant topics to apparel decorators.
2: Put that it a while.
4: welcome into the two regular guys podcast it is friday february 2nd 2024 i'm i'm aaron montgomery he was terry combs but uh, for some reason his microphone wasn't playing nicely we'll we'll get him back here in a second so you can find terry over at terrycombs.com but uh, i'm aaron montgomery with our success group and we're here to inspire you to fall in love with your business and today we've got johnny shell from key point intelligence he's going to be sharing some details about their dtf forecast with us today so uh I think that's going to be a great um, opportunity there. And um, we will get Terry back in here. He is restarting and uh, we're going to have him on. We've got some other guests here anyhow. So Terry and I are ancillary to all this, but uh, we do also have another special guest. Uh, Eric is going to be joining us later at the very end of the show to serve up his helping of the secret sauce and uh, basically secrets about why connecting with your creativity and tackling new techniques can bolster your bottom line it's not all just about playing how can we turn that into profit so looking forward to hearing that from eric a little bit later on in the show here today but uh, we've got lots of other great segments for all of you guys and uh, first and foremost we've got the news and uh, we've got adrian joining us here in just a moment from dtfprinting.com so uh make sure you guys go over there and check them out at dtfprinting.com but uh Let's go ahead and do that news. Uh, so, Eric, if you could uh, welcome in Adrian here, please.
3: Hey, everyone. Excited to share news from DTF Printing. And as Aaron said, um, As a reminder to everyone, we are no longer DTF.com. We recently switched our name to DTF Printing and our URL to DTFprinting.com. So you can still explore our how-to shop profiles, industry news, DTF basics, new products, demos, the DTF Printing podcast, newsletter, and more at DTFprinting.com. Thanks. All right, up first, um, we have a lot of Gildan news. So Gildan Corp has updates to all three of its company pillars, Comfort Colors, American Apparel, and Gildan. So Comfort Colors' uh, proprietary dyeing process has a new name and look, Pigment Pure. Pigment Pure dyeing technology uses, on average, three times less water, consumes less energy, and has a quicker processing time versus other traditional dyeing processes. American Apparel is expanding its product offering with 12 new styles across five collections. These pieces aim to reaffirm American Apparel's dedication to premium quality and style. And through Craft the Culture, American Apparel will work with artists through its multi-year collaboration as the official printware partner at select live nation festivals throughout the U.S. And Gildan has announced its classic Ultra Cotton 2000 shirt will now feel softer to the skin due to a new and unique cotton technology. The 2000 is made using U.S. cotton, which Gildan re-engineers from the yarn through to the finishing process, enhancing the fabric softness. And this new soft technology will also be extended to 5,000, 8,000, and 18,000 family of styles later this year. You can read more in the industry news section at DTFprinting.com. Up next, how safe is DTF? There's lots of news circling this topic lately. And compared to standard apparel decoration techniques like screen printing, direct-to-film printing is very much in its infancy. As to be expected, with new tech, there are more questions than answers when it comes to DTF safety. Can powder cause health issues? Do my employees need to wear a mask? What can my staff do to avoid inhaling fumes directly? This article... Will show you how to mitigate health risks when bringing in direct to film printing in house and sources manufacturers like Roland DGA and Lawson Screen and Digital Products, as well as printers like Paisley Joe Designs and Stoked on Printing. The article was originally published in Graphics Pro Magazine, but you can also find it at DTFprinting.com. And our final news piece we are hosting the first ever DTF Printing T shirt contest. This is your chance to demonstrate your direct-to-film printing knowledge and expertise. So those interested in competing must sign up for the contest no later than February 7th. Participants will receive a blank UX print t-shirt and a downloadable file with the design. Printed t-shirts must be received by Tuesday, February 20th. Independent judging will take place Saturday, February 24th at DTF Expo, and winners will be announced on the show floor later that day. You don't need to be present to win, but you should still come. Winners will receive a $500 gift card to DTF Superstore, a trophy, and a digital badge. So make sure you sign up by February 7th and prove to the industry you are the best in the DTF printing biz. That's it for me. Thanks.
4: All right, you guys. Well, thank you very much, Adrian, for uh, the, the news hit there and all that awesome stuff. And um, I loved how she said, you know, you don't have to be there, but come anyway. So I love that. <laughs> That's a, a fun way to put that. Well, shall we give, uh, let's give try- Terry another shot here. Terry, we, we audio, yep. let's try All right. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Overcome. Uh, awesome. Well, only Terry- took two
1: restarts to get me going today. <laughs>
4: <laughs> all right. Well, that's the uh, old tech support. Uh, did you restart it? Did you uh, <laughs> did it turn the power on? Right. Uh, did you plug in the microphone? Right. <laughs> all right, exactly. we got all that. He, Terry is here. We are excited. Um, speaking of excited, we've got uh, our regulators here. So we're excited to have you guys tuning in here. So Chuck uh, checking in early said good morning. And we've got a LinkedIn user saying hi, guys. And uh, Chuck does like my new disco lights back here so i uh, <laughs> just thought we'd add a little fun a little depth back there and uh, see how that went and we've got Yosta checking in from sweden and uh, gloomy boston out there we're checking in uh jerry hello and then we've got shehan from sri lanka checking in so make sure that you guys are out there sharing this and and getting people to tune in and uh gonna learn a lot from johnny today terry so i'm i'm looking forward to this yeah, it sounds like
1: DTF day uh, after Adrian's uh, uh, news items, and so yeah,
4: yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, DTF cool. is you were just out in level, <laughs> you you were just out in uh, Long Beach, and I heard there was lots of uh, talk about uh, DTF out there. So why yeah, not? Keep absolutely, the conversation I, going? I, I, unfortunately, <laughs> I
1: didn't get out. I didn't get out of my booth at all, but uh, I did get get to chat with Johnny for a little bit in my booth. So that's uh, looking forward to his report today.
4: Yeah. This is going to be great. Awesome. Well, Terry, uh, we still have the dad joke though, that we need. And I, when I read this one in the outline earlier, I mean, I was laughing out loud. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of dad jokes. So we'll see, we'll see how this goes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, ready. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, Aaron, did uh, did you know that I got
4: mugged by six dwarves last night? Yeah, I, I could tell you looked a little worse for wear, but yeah, I didn't uh, know that. now. Yeah, yeah, not happy.
1: Is is, <laughs> is Eric, and they're trying to explain? Okay, six dwarves, not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Seven grumpy, four that, happy, that grumpy he was
4: there. sleepy was there. Uh, <laughs> was <yeah>. there. <laughs> Sneezy had to be the one that I would be the scariest of, of after COVID, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly right.
1: Exactly right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Eric right. actually liked we, that one. Say
1: <laughs> so that again. I, I talked to Eric here.
4: actually liked that one. He says, I actually <laughs> liked that
1: one. Um, so sorry. <laughs> All right, before we dive in, we want to thank everybody for checking out the Two Regular Guys podcast. Uh, we need your voices. We would love to have the regulators participate in our show intros, just like the new one you heard today. Go to deckreaders.ink, I-N-K, forward slash intro, and read a few sentences to be a part of the show. Uh, we've got a few, obviously, that, that we've been playing new, but uh, don't be left out. We'd love to have you participate as well. Uh, we are always looking for new guests, so if you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com forward slash two, the number two, regular guys, <laughs> uh, to book a future episode or email us at info at tworegularguys.com with your show ideas. If you are listening to the podcast version of the show, uh, we appreciate you sharing the Two Regular Guys podcast with all of your industry friends so they can become regulators, too. And we would appreciate you giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, YouTube Podcast, wherever you do your podcast listening, we are there. And if you're watching us live right now, please join in with your comments and your questions for our good friend,
4: Johnny. Yeah, excited, excited to talk to Johnny. Jerry, just a, a quick uh, podcast world note. Google Podcasts is going away and they are switching everybody over to YouTube music. So I did confirm, uh, I I got that notification because I use Google Podcasts myself and I got that notification that uh, we're all good on. uh, And then I went and checked to make sure that we're all good on YouTube music is where they're going to move their podcast player too so i don't know interesting i'm probably one of the few people that actually use google podcast and that maybe is why it's going away but i just want to let everybody know we're, we're we're still out there we're still in all the spots but
1: but we're and we're still in MySpace, right
4: yeah i think so and uh yeah yeah back in uh and i think we have a fax machine somewhere too so um <laughs> no that's not true um okay well let's let's get johnny in here finally have great Exciting start to the show, but uh, we're, we're ready for the meat, uh, uh, the meat and potatoes here. So um, let's welcome in Johnny Shell from Keypoint Intelligence. And uh, Johnny, welcome into the show. Thanks for uh, being here with us this morning from your beautiful clean office there.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. It's great to see both of you guys. Uh, Terry, it's been a while. It's been, what, two weeks since I saw you in Long Beach? And, Just uh, Aaron. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully our paths will cross soon, Aaron. I uh, haven't seen yeah. you in a long while, but... It's been uh, a bit, certainly, yeah. certainly, uh, uh, honored to be a part of the show again. Awesome.
4: Well, thank you for being here. We, we always love having you, Johnny. We always have such uh, a a fun conversation, but B I always walk away with a ton of notes and a ton of great information. And I, I, today is not going to be any different, but, uh, before we get into that, though, I know you've been on the show with us before, but maybe we've got some new listeners out there or some people that have amnesia. So maybe just tell us a little okay. bit about yourself and, and your journey through our industry here to getting to Key point Intelligence.
2: Yeah, sure. So um, I was born an eight and a half pound baby. Um, okay. We're <laughs> going to go all the way back. I love that, it. <laughs> that, that, that's too far back. Uh, I've, been in, I've, I've been in the industry since 1986. I actually got started in a, a screen printing shop uh, at the town i went to college in in north carolina and uh, just fell in love with the process of screen printing and uh, made my way from there through several other different uh, screen printing shops um, work in a variety of capacities from sign and graphics to apparel uh, some industrial printing i worked for a cd manufacturer back in the day when cds were actually made wow Uh, we we did uh we did about 300 million units a year so it was high volume production. Yeah. Uh, and so that that's really where I cut my teeth on on screen printing. And then uh, I was uh, I was with uh, formerly SGIA, which is now printing United for a little over 20 years. And then uh, have, I've been with key point intelligence since 2021. And I'm yes. the principal analyst for our textile and apparel printing service. So my job here is basically to monitor the industry. Uh, track the data, do forecasting, do research uh, in the industry on trends or uh, what's on the horizons, what's coming down the pipeline next, those kind of things. And so our subscribers benefit from all that information to keep them on the leading edge of of marketing their strategies, those kind of things. So
4: I love it, love it. And what and and what a perfect role for you, Johnny. By the way, just to, hearkening back, <laughs> right? I mean, because that's what you were i don't know if that was necessarily your role at uh, at SGI or, or printing united but uh, the reality was you were always the guy that had his finger on the pulse of what was going on and and we brought you in to two regular guys to talk about that like what's the future look like what yeah, what's yeah. going on with this and you were always so good at that so yeah i love yeah that the, was united. part of,
2: that was part of my role you know i was uh, i was the kind of the conduit between the vendors of hardware and inks and materials yeah. and then disseminating that information out to the end users to help them Better utilize the the technology. So, yeah,
4: yeah. So, yeah, perfect Perfect role for you now. So, uh, yeah, love love it. Love it.
2: Yeah.
1: So, Johnny, tell us about this new. And as I said before, it's apparently DTF day here at Two Regular Guys. (laughs) Tell us about the new uh, DTF forecast you've done.
2: Yeah. So, to my knowledge, it's really the first uh, direct to film forecast that's ever been done. Uh, And I'm happy to say that we did it first. Uh, I know many of the other market intelligence organizations are looking at DTF, but uh, just with my background and uh, skill set, I've honed in on it, and uh, I, I proposed the idea to my upper management, and they they love the idea. So we uh, last year published the very first forecast on direct to film, uh, and so uh, it, it was an exciting journey to say the least. You know, a forecast is really just trying to predict the future. And so um, that's kind of hard when you don't have any uh, historical data. We had a little bit of historical data, but let's be honest, DTF's only been around since what, 2019, early 2020. It, it, it kind of hit the, hit the road uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic, and here we are now, and it's a major player in all of the technology platforms that are used for, for apparel. So it's, it's been an exciting process to get to this point, to say the least.
1: It's a. It's one of those. Okay, let's start from zero, and now tell us where it's going. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's already here. Um, and and the, I guess the good news with DTF is we learned a lot of things in the early days of DTG. Right when the first right. DTG printers came on board, they were converted paper printers. They uh, they weren't very well. Um, uh, they they. They were unreliable. I'll I'll be politically correct there,
4: Um, but over time, guys, you don't have to be. (laughs) uh,
2: But you know, over time, uh, and as more uh, prominent vendors got involved, you know, Corning, Brother, Epson, the uh, the technology gained legitimacy and is now a a major player in uh, all the platforms that are used for apparel. And with DTF, it was kind of a very short learning curve, right? We already had. The ink's figured out. Uh, PET film's been around for longer than uh, DTF uh, has been around. You know, screen printers have used it for many, many years for transfers. So, all these components kind of came together at really a perfect time. Um, and uh, so, yeah, yeah, here we are. DTF is a major player, and um, I'm excited to share some of the forecast information I've got.
4: Yeah. Well, th- yeah, that's perfect. That leads where I wanted to head next. Um, you know, we're talking about a forecast. So, help us start start us off by kind of the groundwork. What what are the kind of the metrics that you were were using? What's kind of included in this forecast?
2: Yeah. So we track everything, and um, when I say track, we have the vendors actually participate and give us their data as far as the number of placements, um, the production speeds, those kind of things, right? And then our uh, data engineers kind of put that into a massive spreadsheet. And uh, it's my job then to go in and analyze that data and put it into a format of the forecast. So the forecast itself is two parts, actually. There's a pivot table with all the data and an Excel spreadsheet. And then there's kind of a slide deck that includes all the analysis, right? But as far as metrics, we, we track uh, the number of placements of hardware. So individual printers, um, the average installed base, meaning uh, so placements is just for the previous year and then average installed base takes into account you know everything that's already there, retirement curve some have been retired, some have been new so that average installed base just gives you a nice round figure of how many units are out there being being used to print DTF okay. Um, equipment revenues so we calculate a, a low and a high uh, sales point for, for the various printers that we track. And so we get a, a an estimate on equipment revenue, uh, the print volume, how many square meters of uh, PET film are actually printed, uh, the ink volume that's used. And we do testing on a variety of uh, devices. We actually have a testing program for direct-to-film devices that's been really successful. Um, so we calculate the ink volume based on an average image size, uh, the imaging supplies revenues, so that would be your... Hotmail powder adhesives, your PET films, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, the retail value, so what it would sell for in a retail environment, the finished garment, uh, the media value itself—that's the blank apparel—and then um, uh, that—that's that's that's about it, really. Yeah. Okay.
4: That's that's pretty. inclusive. So it's a lot of
2: yeah yeah. It's a lot of yeah. It gives a nice big picture on on all the components of of the DTF market.
1: Yeah. Well, Johnny, you uh, you obviously are taking and and uh, Aaron and I are both big uh, Excel spreadsheet nerds, so you're talking our language here. <laughs> but uh, so you boil it all down for for all, all of us laymen out there. So, what did you find most interesting in in this study?
2: Yeah, well, um, the first thing that really jumped off the page at me was the tremendous growth. Like I say, we've, we we. Uh, this is the first forecast, so the, the forecast years are 2022 to 2027. We always do one year of historical data and then five years of uh, estimates, essentially. But we've actually been tracking since the early days back in 2020. And just the tremendous growth of DTF that we've seen just over the last three years has been incredible. Um, and that's projected to continue to explode through 2027. So that that's kind of the first thing that I saw. Uh, but the second thing that I saw that really, I guess it's not surprising given the the uh, the capabilities of DTF. You know, with DTG, I'm I'm pretty much locked into 100% cotton, maybe 50-50. Now there's some polyester DTG coming to market. We'll have to see kind of how how they do and what traction they get. Yeah. But uh, just the amount uh, of impact that uh, DTF had on the Certainly low-end segments of DTG, I'm talking commercial entry, which is your uh, smaller Epson printers. They got that new 1070, so that would be an entry-level DTG printer. Um, On on up through commercial printers like the GTX 600 or the Epson 3070 or even the the 2200. But just the amount of impact that DTF has had on those low-end segments of DTG, uh, it's really. Uh, crippled it, to to say the least. Terry, I don't know if you can elaborate on that, if you've seen any decline in, in the absent DTG sales at Equipment Zone, but I'm sure you felt it a little bit.
1: You, you know, what's interesting is, um, and you are correct, it, it is impacting the DTG market, but <clears throat> for the po- folks who don't want to go full full into DTF printing, you can make DTF transfers on a DTG printer. And yeah. and so that, that has become the entry point rather than, you know, there's some smaller DTF printers that, you know, that print 12 inch films, uh, right. super slow. Um, so really what we're seeing is the folks that want to put their toe in the water of, of DTF are doing it on DTG printers and, and specifically buying DTG printers to be, to do both technologies. To so, do both, yeah. and, and, you know, and Johnny, something else I wanted to, to ask you and it's not on our outline, but um, are, are you seeing, uh, I, I'm an old time screen printer, just like you. And, and so when I first saw DTF, well, first Aaron said, Hey, what do you know about DTF printing? And I said, <laughs> I don't know. What is it? That was uh, about years ago. <laughs> and, and here, here today I'm selling DTF printers like they're going yeah. out of style, but, but, um, as an, as a, an old time screen printer, when I first saw DTF transfers, I thought, well, looks, looks kind of like a transfer, you know, but what, what I didn't anticipate was the end user, the person buying that garment was perfectly fine with it. We, we screen printing nerds were like, "Mm, I don't think so. The end user's like, yeah, absolutely. Give me more of this. Is that
2: what you've seen? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the beauty of DTF is uh, well, getting back to my original comment of uh, printing mostly cotton on DTG with, with DTF, I'm not, I'm not locked into that. I can do polyester or nylon or even leather. Right. And so there's a much broader range of applications for DTF. And so I think that's one of the attractive features, but you're right. The end customer, uh, for the most part, doesn't really care that it's DTF versus whatever screen printing, or they don't care how it's printed. They just want their product to look good, to be reasonably priced and to be, uh, of, of, of good quality and, and, and durability, right. It lasts yeah. more than two washes. Right. Yeah. So,
4: yeah. Um, it- so Johnny, yeah. I, I also thought. Sorry to jump in here, but when it, this first came out too for me, I was like, this is going to be for people that just want to make transfers, right? But, but I I, th- I was terribly wrong in in that, right? So, um, you know, and I guess like Terry's saying that kind of hybrid approach to you know using DTG. In fact, Kim Johnson says I print DTF every day on my F twenty two seventy, um, you know, so. Anything in the in the report there, or in your analysis, that's kind of sussing some of those things out? Well,
2: that's that's one of the troubles of, of forecasting. First yeah. off, um, we can't separate out people using an F twenty two seventy to print DTF. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, because it all starts with the placement. And so when Epson tells us, or Brother, or whoever provides the data, uh, we placed a, a machine. Uh, that goes into the respective forecast that that machine is essentially designed for. So, if it's if it's a DTG printer, it's going to go into the DTG yeah. forecast. It. If it's a mo if it's a DTF printer, like the new Roland, uh, uh, I forgot the model name. Uh, B- By I think By twenty. Uh, it, it's a DTF printer, so it's going to naturally go into our DTF forecast. So, as far as those. Combination types, mostly, like say, like Terry mentioned, the DTG printers that can also do direct to film. Yeah. Uh, historically, those are going to go into more of a DTG. So, you know, that that's just one of the limitations of forecasting using numbers. <laughs> you, you
1: know, something interesting that that I see since I talk to decorators every day is that uh, someone will say, you know, I hey, I bought a DTG printer to do DTG but then i started doing some dtf transfers and that's all i do now and and to you know i have a, a customer in the in the midwest who bought an, an f2100 bought another one 6 months later and like 6 weeks later called me and said hey i need another one and i'm like wow that's you're doing a lot of dtg and she goes no i'm just doing dtf on it all uh, right. on all three of them it, because once my customer saw it they wanted more. And so uh and and if that person ended up buying not only three F2100s, uh, the predecessor to the 2270, but then bought a full fledged 24 inch DTF printer to yeah. to set. So so her customers drove her uh, her, her her production uh, technology. Right. And, 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 you know, Johnny something as again as a screen printer that that i have loved about dtf is no dye migration and for anybody out there that's ever printed a polyester or red polyester shirt with screen printing you know it it looks awesome before it goes on the dryer belt when it comes out that white ink is pink but but you're not getting that dye migration with a dtf transfer which is revolutionary for screen printers
2: yeah yeah, and that's again that's just another check in the right column for dtf it's a universal solution that works on most any kind of fiber type or fabric i can even do non-textile like leathers um it's really i mean i hate to say it a, a silver bullet if you will that uh, that is growing like crazy i mean you mentioned uh, impressions expo aaron uh, that it was the most prevalent technology on the floor terry if you didn't get a chance to walk around every every third booth had a DTF printer in it I mean it was yeah. it was crazy you know screen printing was uh, there uh, DTG was there but DTF was everywhere
1: yeah you know it's interesting I, I was talking to somebody uh, <clears throat> who was getting a lease for a DTF printer and he goes hey uh, how long have you guys been in business and I said well 35 years he goes oh okay uh, because my lease company will not will not front money to one of these DTF companies because they've been in business less than a year, and there are lots of those folks. Uh, I went to the uh, to the sign show last year in Vegas, and uh, there were eight or nine DTF printers in booths of companies I had never heard of in my entire life. All of them yeah. brand new businesses, so yeah. you know yeah. there's a little caution in that as well, you know, because <laughs> uh, and, and at Atlantic City last year, there was a booth catty corner to me that was going to be a DTF manufacturer and uh and they didn't set up and didn't set up and i'm thinking man this is not like one of those booths where you come in you pop it up you where are these guys well the, we later found out that we were setting up on on wednesday they had gone out of business on tuesday oh, and, wow. and and didn't show up so yeah. um you know not only is it new technology but a lot of new players and and uh we'll see how that falls out but yeah you, you know, Johnny, you, you, you also, you know, you mentioned doing a DTG forecast, and if we could shift gears a little bit, are are you seeing DTG impacting the screen printing industry?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, screen printing is certainly holding its own. It's it's a high volume solution, to say the least. And uh, the the problem is the make ready, right? The making of the screens, and then the getting the press set up. And the more colors you have, the longer that takes. So screen printing has taken steps now to automate more. You're seeing more of these computer to screen, even the laser uh, exposure systems. Um, You're seeing, um, you know, any kind of way to speed up the make ready process is being adopted now in screen printing. And that's simply due to the fact that DTG is starting to take a little bit of market share, certainly on the low end of the volume range uh, that screen printing typically plays in. And so screen printing is trying to, Keep up and, and keep its share of, of the higher volume stuff, while the printers of the DTG printers continue to get faster. Uh, they're they're more robust. They're getting more industrial, and and that's kind of where a lot of the growth is going to happen. Now that DTF is a, is a staked its claim in the sand, uh, the industrial segments of DTG are going to continue to take the volume of of the entire DTG market. That's where most of the volume is going to go. Now that's not to say that. The, the small office, home office guys won't still have a DTG printer, uh, but um, like you said, Terry, a lot of them are going to migrate into the DTF realm and kind of do a combination thing so they can meet customer demand. Uh, so it's all, uh, everything's interacting with everything else. It's pretty exciting to see. I, I I really don't remember anything like this in the decorated apparel industry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, my uh, I, I teach screen printing classes, as you guys know, yeah. but... Uh, Those classes still sell out. Every class sells out because as you know, the, the bread and butter for screen printing is one and two and three color work. And, uh, and, and I'll throw another curve at you. Uh, I I'm anticipating that decorator that does um, does simulated process. I I think that that's, that's going to shrink. But the, those of us who know how to do, photographic reproduction on a t-shirt with screen printing. I, I, think, those, I think that is going to be a lost start. What, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I would, I would agree to some extent uh, because why bother with, you know, the painstaking headache of doing a separation, making the screens, getting it to press to do a press proof, finding out this doesn't look right and we need to go back to into the pre-press and tweak that color or pull that separation level back or what yeah. have you. And now with digital, I, I can just print it out over here and get an immediate uh, immediate satisfaction and gratification. If I need to adjust it, I don't have to go through all those hours and hours of make ready. I just print another piece of, uh, another T-shirt on my DTG or another piece of film and transfer it to a, a blank shirt. So yeah, uh, I, I do agree to, to some extent that that, yeah, index simulated even, well, four color is kind of, trans it transcends across all this stuff because digital is four color process so i think you know photographic stuff will still uh certainly maintain in the digital world i, I wouldn't be surprised if it dies off a little bit on the screen print side to say you know for sure
1: yeah you know uh, i do tell people in my screen printing classes though you know <clears throat> this is a technology that that you should have uh as a screen printer because and, and I'm going to, Aaron, forgive me for repeating a story for the, no way. <laughs> but, but, uh, should I tell you, it? Or? <laughs> <laughs> probably good. Family reunions. Uh, oh, when, yeah. when somebody okay. walks into your shop and says, I'm having a family reunion. You're like, please have 150 people in your family. No, I need 17 shirts. Yeah. Uh, Susie's a two, four uncle. Bob's a four X. I don't want to pay for extra screens. And I have this, I have this phenomenal idea. I'm thinking of a tree. I'm going to have a tree on my shirt, you know, and a screen printer just cringes when somebody walks in because of all the different sizes and they just want a handful of shirts. But if you have a DTG printer or a DTF printer, you know, you can say, yeah, come back and uh, come back at two o'clock. I'll have those for you. So it's just another tool, uh, you know, and I I, I feel confident that screen printers printing is not going away. It's just shifting gears a little bit. And, and I think, I think most, if not all screen printers at some point in time will have a a, a digital option for those shorter run customers. It's an Amazon world. You know, I I want it now. I want one. I want it custom. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. And that's just the world we live in now. But yeah, I mean, screen printing, all these are just tools in the toolbox. Right. And screen printing is is a high volume solution. So all those Captain America t-shirts in Walmart have to be printed by something and screen printing is the best alternative, right? I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. you know, so,
4: yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think you, what you guys are what I'm hearing from both of you guys sharing here is it, it, the job's going to dictate, right. But we need to have the knowledge at, at the very right. minimum of the tools that are out there that are available right, to us. And, right. and DTF has brought a new tool to our toolbox. So to speak, absolutely. So. Yeah. But, but you know, DTG
1: and DTF, uh are are not anytime in the near future going to have glitter, going to have suede, going to have puffs, going to have right. any of those specialty applications that that we can uh, that we can do with screen printing. So yeah. yeah. Is
4: that is that what you're seeing though in, in talking to the, the manufacturers and stuff? Like that's not a you know you did a five year forecast, so I'm just curious what what your crystal ball holds there too. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, the forecast is really just on hardware and stuff. It's okay. not really about print, printing applications, but, uh, okay. you know, I have seen some uh, holographic films. I think STS last year at Impressions had some uh, weird, uh, it almost looked like foil, but it, the problem with it is it was the entire print. It wasn't just like screen printing can do. I, I only want gold foil right here on the rose. I don't want it on the rest of the print, right? Right, yeah. And so um, so DTF is limited. it's an all or nothing kind of thing when you when gotcha. you get into the, some of these specialty films that, that are gotcha. coming out now.
4: Okay. all right. Well, um, real quick here we've got uh, a, a new regulator here. Uh, got a question for us. Uh, Shehan says, uh, is there any calculation method or any application use for calculating ink consumption on DTF technology depending on the print area percentage? So um, any, any feedback on that one, Johnny? So the way we calculate ink volume is we have a standard print that we use in all
2: of our testing and the ink consumed for that. It's like a 10 by 12. Okay. Uh, you, you guys probably know the image. It's from great Dane graphics. It's the beach scene with the palm trees. And I think there's a surfboard and the beach. That's our standard image that we use for not only ink consumption, but also print speed. So for, for that typical, uh, that, that standard image we use in the testing, we, we calculate the ink consumption, we actually weigh, um, we not uh, that was ink waste, um, for the uh, ink consumption, we use the RIP data, whatever the RIP tells us, okay. and, and the printer data, if the printer tells us, yep. and so that's how we calculate the ink volume.
4: Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Appreciate the the share on that. Um, couple other regulators checking in this morning. Uh, so we'll just say hi real quick while we're while I'm in the comments here. <laughs> Christopher Kretz checked in earlier. Brandon. Um, Joe Kramer said, uh, "Aaron's got the party lights going." Well, anytime you have Johnny on, it's a party, man. Come on, uh, we gotta have a party. Uh, Matt Gussie says, uh, "Hello, Mr. Shell." So. Um, and then Ramona added uh, that the two and four color is still very cost effective for the larger runs. Small runs and full color are direct transfer. And then she mentioned that while at Impressions Long Beach, I compared the feel of the uh, screen print and transfer films and really didn't find much of a difference. Um, yeah. And then I guess Mike followed that up with even with negative space and post. Pressing DTF will never feel as nice as a good screen print, um, but then he his follow up comment to his own comment was the problem is customers are starting to not care, and I think yeah. that's what you guys had had mentioned yeah. there, right? Yeah. yeah, and
1: you and you know part of it too is the application because I think we're figuring out how to apply these transfers better. And and you know, pro tip out there, uh, you know, we we recommend to to our customers press press that transfer for fifteen seconds peel it and then throw either a sheet of pallon or a, a, just a, a t-shirt on top of it for that second press for five seconds and and that softens up that that image it you know by by getting that pattern into that uh into the fabric yeah. it it tricks the eye that it that yeah. it looks and feels more like a like a screen yeah. print
2: yeah yeah there's something yeah. called t-seal too i don't know if you've ever used those terry but it's like a it's an extra sheet that you do a second pressing on a DTF transfer that presses it more down into the fibers and gives that softer hand. So, yeah. and then uh, two. I don't know if uh, anybody, I don't know if you stopped at DuPont, but DuPont's got a new DTF ink that they're promoting. And I felt the, the feel of it. And it, it was darn near a screen print. I mean, it, it wow. felt that good. And again, awesome. we're, we're in the, we're in the infancy of this technology. It's only been around for three or four years. Uh, right. I mean, look how far we've come with DTG over the last 20 years. So it's going to get better. The inks are, and the hand feel is going to get better. That's really the, the the major complaint that I hear about DTF is the hand feel. It's stiff. It feels like that 1970s beach store transfer you got down on the beach that <laughs> you, your chest sweated and you didn't like it. It didn't breathe. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so um, the films are going to get it better. Uh, so it's it's, it's it's an evolving process that can only get better for sure
4: right yeah right 100 yeah. well if we can stay in the comments for just just another couple seconds here guys there's some great conversation going on i don't want to miss any of this joe kramer asked uh how are we with dtf feeling less rubbery and more like traditional screen print so far i can't get my customers to like it enough to purchase it twice um is it and and you were just talking about that, Johnny? The the T seal, I think you called it. Yeah. You mentioned, right. Uh, yeah. It, is it enough to texture Teflon sheet or something like that? So I know we just kind of yeah. covered that a little bit, but let's reiterate any of that. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. So in our testing, we do, uh, we just do the standard transfer process, and then we do a second transfer using the T seal, and then we do washability. And mm. uh, in our findings, anyway, the T seal, the second pressing using the T seal sheet gives better washability. The hand feel is much better. It's much softer. The print doesn't feel as rubbery, but like Terry said, I mean, even a t-shirt or anything to get the, the, the ink pressed down further into the ribs of the fabric are going to help with the hand feel. That's the problem is the, the transfer sits on top of the, of the fibers now. Uh, And you don't want to obviously overpress it with too much pressure because uh, that could cause washability issues as well. But there's nothing wrong with a second pressing to kind of make that ink seep further down into the garment and and, and help that hand feel. So an yeah. old T-shirt or uh, textured Teflon, anything like that, the T-seal we mentioned, so.
4: Yeah, Mike and, and uh, I, said embroidery um, stabilizer has given us the best <clears throat> results so far for post-pressing, so. Great, Embroider's and I, I, I've to a lot of people who use that as well. And yeah. I, yeah.
1: I, my fear is that that some of us as decorators, Are projecting to our customers that you're not going to like this, but here it is. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, because I don't like it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you can't do that, right? I mean, as a as a as a decorator, you have to put yourself in the shoes of the customer and phrase your comments such that. They don't get a negative opinion or a negative inflection of what you're telling them. You're not going to like this because I don't like it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I spent the last 40 years with learning how to do good.
4: <laughs> so this over here. <laughs> totally. But I, now just to be devil's advocate, because that's what I do, right? The other side of that, though, is your customers coming to you because you're the expert, right? Can Can you give them a better? And so, yeah, for some people, it might be, hey, this isn't, you know, okay, what you want. Is this going to be good enough? Cool again, don't downplay that. But if you're feel like you can give them a better product, and you can sell that to them and get them to pay that what you need to make for that, then then that's fine, too. So I I think there's both sides of that story. I I, Yeah, if you stay away from the negativity in general, you're going to be good. But it's okay to say, Hey, I'm the expert here. That's why you're coming to me. That's why you're paying me to do this instead of you going and buying your own DTF machine. Right? Right? Right. right.
1: well, you yeah. know, Johnny, another thing that surprised me uh, at the front end of this was was how well these DTF transfers wash. I mean, it's just, I, I did not expect to see that, and they just wash beautifully.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, and that, you can thank the uh, hot melt powder adhesive for that. You know, it's been around for decades now, and... Uh, people think it's just some new thing that just got invented last week and no guys it's been around it's been around a long time um, you know
1: i i tell people that it's like you know they they're asking about the adhesive and i and i'm like you know everybody needs to calm down about the adhesive because <laughs> i personally have been using it for 40 years yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like uh, somebody yeah. in china invented this 2 years ago no, like you're no. saying
2: no. I mean, you certainly want to have ventilation and proper hooding in place for some of these automatic shaker powder, powder shakers and things like that, because it is a fine particulate. And so uh, you obviously want to err on the side of health consciousness, right? And so uh, PPE equipment or like I say, some of these uh, uh, powder shakers have this extraction tube that sucks out all the dust and stuff like that. So if you, you know, if you go that route, definitely want to consider, heavily consider you know uh, purchasing something to that level because uh health is we only get one shot at it right
4: <laughs> definitely don't want to get that that get that wrong um no. I, and i know i've uh, terry do you mind if we stay in the in the comments over here the the conversation's no, absolutely. been, been absolutely. great and i think um we we've got a few things left for johnny but uh, if it's all good so christopher asked uh, which is better hot peel or cold peel and should there be a post press so i know we've talked a bit about post press but have you noticed anything in that johnny the hot peel versus cold peel kind of idea uh so you know hot peel
2: gives you more of a screen print feel right cold peel gives you more of that uh uh heat transfer vinyl uh numbers and letters feel right and so i think that's really the main difference that I see. Um, I know uh, hot peel and cold peel transfer sheets have been around a long time. And uh, I, I really think it depends on the application. So if it's more of an athletic type, you want to d- definitely go cold peel. That that helps the uh, hot melt powder adhesive to clamp on to the to the fibers of, of the substrate much more effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, hot peel, again, it gives you a softer hand, uh, softer feel, uh, breathes a little better um so yeah okay yeah i don't know yep. if terry has anything to add on that you No. Know, and
1: and you know it's it's uh i think that there's a, there are a lot of folks out there that think well hot peel i can go i can get more production done then i have the people on the other side of the street saying well cold peel i just pull the shirts off and i stack them up stack and then i bring up. them yeah. back and and yeah. they're those folks say well, i see no difference in the yeah. amount of time to do the job, so nah. I, I think honestly, it's a lot of personal preference. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well a, a, an example at Equipment Zone, we had a lot of people really wanting hot peel, so Equipment Zone shifted completely to hot peel, and then all of a sudden, all these people came <laughs> back and said, "Well, wait, you're not going to carry the cold peel anymore? I I really like the cold peel." Yeah, so, yeah. Now, Equipment Zone has
4: both. So, all right. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I think exactly, that's exactly it. Right. It does come down to personal preference, how, how you're, and this is what I I'm always preaching when I'm talking to the businesses is your business is unique, right? We, we can learn something here, but you have to implement that into your business. And because like Evelyn mentioned here, she said, we're talking about post-press. Well, that's more pressing time. Okay. So you got to factor that in when you're, you're pricing your product, if that's, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I've never heard anybody say it's required, but, uh, I mean, is that where you guys kind of land? Like, it post-press is a, well, not necessarily required, but it has a change yeah, of washability? I, mean, I, I would
2: just show the customer, here's here's one pressing, nice and rubbery, stiff yeah. hand. Here's a yeah. second pressing, almost feels like screen print. Which do you prefer? <laughs> it yeah, sounds right? like
1: you're projecting it, there, Johnny. <laughs>
2: I love well, it. No, I mean, right. You know, I mean, it is what it is, right? So yeah. which do you want? I mean, if you yeah. want the softer hand, it's going to require an extra pressing. Time For equals sure. money. That's yeah, and you know, for me that's, that's 15 second,
1: A 15 second press has compared to a ninety-second press if you're if it's a DTG print, right? 15 yeah. seconds and then hit it again for five seconds to give a better yeah. feel. Uh, that, that's
4: not cutting into my production time very, no, very much. No, so. no, not at all. Well, Johnny, you also mentioned um, that you guys noticed in your testing some washability uh, improvement. Is, is did I hear that correctly when you post press? Yeah, when
2: we when we do this uh, the second pressing with the T seal sheet, our wa- the washability goes way up. You know, okay. Um, we we start to see degradation around uh, you know fifteen or sixteen washes, roughly. With uh, just the initial pressing. Now, I should say that we, uh, to this point, have only tested cold peel transfers. Okay. Uh, but uh, the the T seal definitely helps in the washability. You get longer, longer lasting prints uh, in the wash with the with the T seal pressing.
4: Gotcha. Awesome. Okay. And then I just wanted to share Ronald's uh, comments. So Terry and I n- know Ronald. We go, go back with Ronald. He says, in Europe, we're seeing a huge increase of DTF. We doubled yearly sales. We have customers who use 10 rolls a day. They have 10 machines now. We sell 1,300 rolls a month. Um, the feel with DTF, if you make it half tones, not 100% full, will feel much better. And then uh, he says uh, you know, they've been in the screen printing world since 1985 but we see a big shift from 2001 so um it, i guess that'd be a, another quick question when you're talking about this forecast is this a uh, kind of an international thing or are you guys more yeah. uh domestically no, based
2: okay. no it's global so we we break out uh so right now we have two segments uh again it's still a uh, um, a uh, a technology that's in its infancy so we have mm-hmm two head segment, and we had four plus head segments, right. And we're still kind of waiting to until all that flushes out until there's a little more stability. Yeah, um, I think maybe next year, we're going to look at uh, square meters per hour as as our segments, you know. Uh, but we also do by region. So Asia Pacific, uh, which has the, the largest use of DTF uh, by any other region. I mean, they're double the size of Emea, which is the set number two. Um, North America is number three, and then South and Latin America is number four in terms of placements. So, um, okay, yeah, we do it by region. We we will eventually have uh, more defined segments as well, so you can really slice and dice the forecast using the pivot table to find specifically exactly what you know what were the number of, let's say, uh, eighty square meter per hour machines and south and latin america right so you'll yeah. be able to do that
1: that's awesome that's for for awesome. our u.s yeah. listeners that's 39 inches
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: in the uk <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: well and that's something else we're seeing too is we're not stuck into this 60 centimeter 24 inch uh bucket anymore with dtf i don't know if terry you saw this at the show in, in long beach but
1: i, I didn't a lot go of, a, of a lot time. of
2: a lot of bigger printers you know uh, well beyond 24 inch you know and that's really the next uh, that's the, the next plateau, if you will, for DTF is we don't have to be 24 inch. Now, Um, uh, you know, I, I did see some cutting systems and I think that's going to come into play as you get to these, you know, uh, two and three meter wide rolls of film, because it's not easy to handle a, a, a wet ink on a film um, and trying to cut it apart and things like that. Um, and so but. Again, it's a it's a continuous evolution with this this technology. It's only been around for a few years, and it's by no means mature. So we're going to see a lot of change over the next uh, several years, uh, yeah. possibly even until the end of the decade. But it's exciting, and I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. It's great to watch, and that's what I love doing is just finding out how all these things are going to intertwine together. Yeah, yeah. it's that, it's absolutely. it's fun that
1: watching new technology. And like you said, it's uh, it's uh, it's certainly the biggest thing that's happened in yeah. many, many years in, in our industry. So Johnny, we uh, this has been awesome. How can our listeners get more information?
2: Yeah, sure. So you can find me at keypointintelligence.com. My email is uh, johnny.shell at keypointintelligence.com. We're a market intelligence firm. We do uh, everything from forecasting to market research uh, we recently started up operational assessments. so if you're a screen printer who's interested in uh, integrating digital, be it DTG or, or DTF or even sublimation, we can I, I can come in and kind of do an assessment on your current process and workflow and offer recommendations on how best to adopt you know because there's a lot there's more questions and answers uh, when you go from screen printing into a digital world. It's much more software driven. Uh, e-commerce is a big part. Uh, API, all these kind of things, and a lot of people just get overwhelmed and and they make poor decisions, which ultimately ends up biting them. So
4: that's why I make poor decisions. Okay, I get overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was you're, Terry this whole time. All right, we're
1: yeah. learning more every time Johnny comes on the show. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah, Johnny, this There's has been, been part fantastic. part of our decisions before. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, Johnny, this has really been fantastic. What, what a great uh, service you're doing for the industry. Thank you so much for yeah. for this and for what you guys are doing over there at Key Points. Make sure you guys go over and, and check that out. And yeah, just drop Johnny a note and tell him thanks for all the, the great information too. So Johnny, we really appreciate your time today and uh, look yeah. forward to seeing you out on the road here soon. Absolutely. Good to be with you guys. Look forward to the next
2: time thanks right. johnny always great johnny. having you on yeah yeah bye-bye fantastic
1: man i wow. always learn when johnny's on the show you know there's i know, like, I, oh, know. Man, I didn't know the that i
4: always making us <laughs> smarter i don't know <laughs> uh well what a great conversation and and also want to just huge shout out to those that are tuned in here live and the regulators but the, anybody that's listened to the replay of this you use, use the comments let's keep the we can keep the conversation going there's actually a ton of uh questions that uh, we didn't even get to so we may uh i don't know i I had an idea that i wrote down so stay tuned everybody okay (laughs) stay tuned all right well so terry um big book of travels how how's it looking right now what's what's happening for you it's filling in uh my complete screen printing business
1: course uh, I'll be in Chicago at Atlas Screen Supply, March 9th through 10th. Uh, they tell me there's one or two spots left if anybody's interested in heading to Chicago. Uh, my next class at Workhorse Products in Phoenix is May 4th and 5th. May is a great time to be to come to Phoenix and uh, shake off a little bit of snow and ice and, uh, and uh, enjoy uh, some time by the pool here in, uh, in Phoenix. I'm going to be <laughs> at Impressions Expo in Atlantic City. My presentation will be everything you've heard about DTG and DTF printing on the internet is wrong, except for this show, (laughs) and that's going to be Friday, March 22nd, and watch for all my upcoming events at terrycombs.com. How about you, Aaron?
4: I'd like to see that uh, that disclaimer at the bottom of that first slide right there where it says you know, everything you've heard on the Internet about DTG and DTF printing is wrong. And then like a big asterisk, except for the two regular guys. Can you do that? Well,
1: you know, ever since somebody raised their hand out in California and said, but you're on the Internet, I had now have a second slide that is, it repeats the first slide. and It says almost everything you see on the Internet.
4: OK. Just could you just put our logo up there, though? Right. I mean, let's let's be legitimate No, OK. All right. I love it. Um, So, yeah, apparently my big book of travel has been hanging out with Terry's big book of travel and it got busy all of a sudden. Um, So coming up the next place where I am actually getting out on the road this year, Dax, Kansas City, I will be teaching two classes there. The fundamentals of printing, excuse me, fundamentals of pricing your printing and the fundamentals for small business growth. And that'll be happening on February 23rd. And uh, so looking forward to that. I, I'm just a little quick side note for, I'm taking the train out there. I'm kind of excited about that, actually. Uh, <laughs> there's cool. a there's a train from St. Louis to, to Kansas City. And, and I've done it before with my dad, and I, I'm going to take it again That's here. That's awesome. so, Yeah.
1: Last I'm, time I'm, you and I took a train ride together, we got stopped by high water. And had to take a cab for like an hour ride to Philadelphia, just a reminder. (laughs) Yeah,
4: like a $150 cab ride to Philadelphia, yes, yes. um, Thank you for bringing that into the the play there, Terry, yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Philadelphia and Atlantic City, uh, it is confirmed, everything is all set for me. So Impressions Expo in Atlantic City on Thursday, March 21st, I will be teaching elevating your business with AI, harnessing chat GPT for generative marketing, And then on Friday, March 22nd, I will be teaching how to master pricing, making your business unstoppable. Uh, So excited to get out there to AC and and see everybody out there in Atlantic City. It's been years. In fact, I think it was that time that we got trapped on the train was the last time I was there, Terry. So so. so. (laughs) uh, looking forward to uh, getting out there and then uh, I will be. Uh, we're still nailing down the details on the actual topic, but it is confirmed. I will be at the Graphics Pro Expo in Irving, Texas, March 9th, and uh, be teaching from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Again, we've got a couple of topics we're bouncing around to kind of figure out what uh, what's going to fit for what they're looking for. Um, there will be fundamentals involved, right? There will be some information (laughs) from the book here involved. So uh, looking forward to seeing everybody in Irving who will be there. And then um, I kind of teased this the last time, but uh, it is a reality. I've got the deposit put down on the location here. So uh, we're calling it FBS Live. The Fundamentals of Business Success Live will be happening here in St. Louis June 7th and 8th. And uh, the details, like I said, are still being ironed out on that as well. So we're Hoping I'm hoping to finish that up this weekend, but uh, if you'll go to our Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash OSG fundamentals, just go look for uh, OSG fundamentals out there on Facebook and join that group and you'll be some of the first people to know this is going to have very limited seating, the interest that we've already kind of garnered. I I feel like we're going to fill this thing up. So um, it's going to be a two-day small business workshop and retreat where you're going to come together as community, and we're going to facilitate falling in love with your business, and uh, you're going to leave with a foundation that your company needs for success. So make sure that you uh, get into that Facebook group if you're not already, and, uh, and you can find out more details as they come. And then uh, let's see here. Last but not least, uh, OSG Live. Oh, sorry. Yep, you're right, Eric. I missed a, a bullet point there. Appreciate that i uh, held up the book i'll hold it up one more time it is out there on amazon and uh, i appreciate everybody who's already gone out and purchased it it uh, I, i'm just blown away i appreciate uh, all the the great feedback and uh, i got to be on condi live this week talking about it so um, really enjoying that so osg.link forward slash biz book and then last but not least uh, every wednesday morning doing a program called osg live it's a collaboration with tanya deutscher becky kotzer my wife, Kylene, and myself—we, one of the listeners, called us the Fab Four. So we've we've run with that, and uh, it's it's a real mindset heavy, but really kind of based in foundations of around our business. So we talk about gratitude, we talk about celebrating wins, we talk about um, an uncommon mindset. And uh, Tanya and Kylene always bring a, a bit of wellness toolbox too because our, our business is not just the business we have to have our mind and body in the in the right place too to be successful so you can check that out at uh, liveosg.com every wednesday morning at 7 a.m central time or you can catch the replays anytime we've got a full playlist and uh, it's a youtube podcast as well so check that out um let's see here what do we got there Uh, Just want to make sure we had everybody in the comments. Um, Good, good, good. And um, let's see here, Eric, coming up, speaking of Eric, uh, today is episode 180, uh, Alphabetic Assumptions. So, in this episode, man, I love it. He's always got the greatest titles, Eric. You're a <laughs> rock star. In this in this episode, Eric will discuss some of the assumptions digitizers and embroiderers make about lettering, fonts, and text layouts, with tips on how to avoid them and achieve clean lettering in your design. Super cool. So head over to Eric Campbell, E R I C H Campbell, and click on the Take Up tab at the top for all of the episodes, all 179 previous ones. Plus, you can then join in live at 2:30 mountain time for the uh, for the take up there so um, always check that out great uh, learning people just uh, get so much it's a I call it the 201 level you're getting like college level training for free every uh, every Friday so um, uh, Eric will also be at DAX on February 24th he'll be teaching vintage values in machine embroidery and digitizing details so you go over to daxshow.com and check that out so i think we covered everything uh terry but what you guys have been waiting for is we're going to bring eric in here and um he's gonna have to push his own buttons and do the whole thing here but uh, let's let's do eric's secret sauce you ready for that helping terry let's let's hear it
0: Hey folks, Uh, happy to be here to give you the secret sauce because we actually have something that is quite useful if you ask me today. And it's something that I have been covering quite a bit lately, as you guys know, I've been teaching things like the technique toolkit. I'm teaching vintage stitching as we come into DAX and this is all about why those creative techniques matter. So every time I go to teach something that goes beyond the norm, I hear the same few points arguing against techniques that are beyond standard decorating. It's gonna be too time consuming. Nobody in my market wants anything that different. Uh, the finished product is going to be too expensive to sell. No customer would let me change the way they usually have their logo done. Uh, the truth is many of the things I teach as far as specialty stitching, especially, uh, don't really always take much longer than the usual type of work and are often equal or less in time as far as, uh, material outlay and, uh, stitch count. Generally, they're a little bit less sometimes in standard interpretations, even if there's some extra time in interpretation when we're talking about art and digitizing, uh, The truth is it can be really easy to dismiss specialty work and new techniques because they take us out of our comfort zone it might require us to kind of recalibrate our expectations and production methods and it honestly one of the problems i really see people encountering is it opens them up to rejection from customers who don't want to or can't feel like they let us attempt something special with their art that said creating interesting treatments and exploring different ways of decorating provides direct benefits to your value proposition even if most of your customers never take you up on the wilder side of what you can do. So first, let's look at what customers might value about some specialty creative work for themselves. Uh, For me, it always adds up to these two things. It's something I teach in all of my sessions about doing this kind of creative work, and that is distinction and delight. When we use specialty techniques, it provides distinction. It separates the customer's look from that of their competition. Their apparel now looks different. It can help align with their corporate customer culture and style. So either their corporate style or what their customers like, we can do things where our technique, our decoration method further aligns with the kind of styling they're into. Like when I teach vintage stitching, if they have a retro styling, that might be something we can apply to other art that might not be retro art and get something cool that goes with that corporate culture or with a current trend. And it moves their merch, especially people who are doing things that require that promotional hit and are expected to be worn by somebody else to support that business or that customer. It moves it out of that commodity space where we're taking the same logo and slapping it on different locations, on different garments. So that's what distinction is all about. It builds brands and it separates the customer. The other thing is, they get delight. And this is something I teach quite a lot in all sorts of detail or specialty treatments or the use of specialty materials. Delight is that feeling of seeing something cool. And you have that instant when a customer opens a box, sees something interesting. You show them a sample that has something they haven't seen before. And they get that moment of seeing something interesting and knowing that they want to share it. So that feeling of seeing something cool, the dopamine spike of both novelty and recognition because they recognize their art, their culture, and the thing that you made for them, but they also get the novelty of the treatment of the new technique that you've added. When you treat their art with looks or finishes that haven't been seen either by them or by their intended viewer, something that's not usually used in their market, maybe you're doing something very business to business and you use a very retail treatment, or you otherwise make something interesting enough to capture the viewer viewer attention, We can increase the visibility of promotional products, especially, and we increase the affinity with the end user. Remember, the viewer of the garment isn't the wearer or the purchaser necessarily, but the person they want to show off to, the person they're trying to promote themselves to. And having something cool that draws there, I can assist with that. And when it's new and interesting, the other thing is... It becomes shareable and it increases the kind of virality of that image, getting it more impressions and making your customer the hero who can show people something cool that they haven't seen before. Your customer wants to associate with and be the bringer of the cool and interesting things to their groups and to their end customer and your creative execution can provide it. So what about the rest of us, right? Let's say it's not about that. We have people who are usually have have a pretty pedestrian ways that they want to decorate or they're working on a bargain. Why do creative samples and creative techniques matter to those of us who have those kind of customers? Well, number one, even though not everybody will go for it, you never know what somebody might go for if you don't offer it to them. Certainly, the other thing is when you have a masterwork in front of a customer, your big piece, your showpiece, the thing that's interesting and shows the techniques you're capable of, they can more easily trust you for usual work. And they think then that the smaller work that they'll do with you, then the more budget conscious, the more pedestrian work, the more usual work we do is going to have the same kind of finish treatment and care taken that you show when making your masterworks. Even if work doesn't push the envelope, you can still bring a level of creativity, a level of polish finish and professionalism that is proved by those master creative techniques. Uh, Second Using those creative techniques usually requires us to know our medium on a more essential level and to really be able to push it. Meaning in the embroidery world, we have to know about stitches and how they work, how they interact with garments, how our different materials come together and how digitizing is affected by the kind of materials and treatments we want to use. If we get that, those pieces of knowledge, that elemental knowledge we build about how our elements work, how our medium works, Those are not mutually exclusive to making more creative work. They can also make more efficient work and even help us create solutions that are interesting to fill space, even when we're on a budget, even when we're looking to remotely remove that kind of extra stitch count and cost. Some of my most creative work, in fact, actually came from the need to remove stitch count or work with some other less ideal brief, less time, less budget, less area, less quantity, And that creative drive, the need to solve those problems was fulfilled by my understanding of the medium and my willingness to do something different with my work. So here's the thing, stretching your creativity is also how you're going to learn to cope with these situations and become less of a commodity and more of a provider of solutions. Uh, With that said, there's a couple of things we can avoid doing when we're showing off these creative chops. Number one, don't show work you can't reliably do or you're unwilling to do. When you do show work that are these masterful pieces, these new creative techniques that you've learned, uh, price according to your input and the value provided, even if it feels like a back-off price, and that's the nicest way we put that price term, or a PETA price, and you know what that stands for. It's It's a certain kind of pain that we usually price things up over. Even if we have those prices on there that honestly should reflect the work that it requires and the materials that are involved. Let the customer choose whether it's worth their investment. If we don't let them choose, we can never do that kind of work. If it is worth their investment, the chances are you're making a much larger profit per piece and you have no reason not to dig in if you're being paid appropriately and know your costs going into the process. If you don't have a customer who's willing to buy in, that's fine. You're free to pitch a more traditional solution and showing that work that you can do just enhances their trust in your product. Like I said, remember, people can't buy what you don't offer and they can't prove out whether there's value in a project unless they're educated on the process and given the chance to decide. So, with that, folks, I hope you get a chance to try something cool. I hope you get a, a chance to have that customer buy in and go with you. But even if you don't, still take some time to play learn something new and by all means stretch those creative muscles you'd be glad you did all
4: right so uh eric that was awesome amazing sauce there and uh get to terry that that was uh, really good stuff i'm i'm full now <laughs> <laughs> always great stuff from uh, from eric so uh, yep. and I
1: always learn from eric too
4: yeah it's been I, I, a learning experience today <laughs> what, a, what a great learning day today and uh, ramona says eric always good information thanks for today's sauce and uh evelyn oh my yes sir so there we go yeah we, we're all on board eric so thank you all right terry well we've come to the close of another show today we want to thank johnny shell with keypoint intelligence and uh, make sure that you guys are going over there to keypointintelligence.com and checking out that new DTF study and and being a part of that over there. But uh, we appreciate him sharing all that uh, wonderful information and and really really great exploration of DTF today. So, like you said, Terry, DTF day here on uh, two regular guys. <laughs> exactly
1: right. We also want to thank our show producer Eric Campbell for not only pushing
4: all the buttons today, but for bringing the sauce. Yes, indeed, delicious, delicious. I'm still full. So um terry uh next week we are still efforting on a show but i had an amazing idea in the middle of the show i think it's amazing so we'll talk about in a bit but uh stay tuned stuff coming really good stuff coming soon so uh tune in next week same time same channel all right until next week uh i'm terry combs he's aaron montgomery and that was the two regular guys here we go We're out. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com.